Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Another vacation for me. Paul's away today. (laughs) Wasn't a vacation for me. No. No. Cost me breakfast, as usual, but I'm used to it. (laughs) You had to keep the streak alive. Josh is in. How are you doing, Josh? I'm awesome. Doing great. Good to see you. Frank is here, fresh from Costa Rica. Costa Rica, beautiful country. If you haven't had a chance to go there, go. It's it's worth it. I guess they know a lot about mortgages. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they do have wonderful people. Weather's nice and uh, lots of wildlife, which was really interesting. So we had some kids with us as well, eight kids, and to watch their faces when monkeys are flying over them, it's it's so cool. Now, was this a conference? It was a conference. It was with a lender. <laughs> we were with a lender and a number of our top brokers that were able to come. So it was uh, fun and a lot of work talk, obviously. So I've only know, ever Yeah, that work things. talk on the beach, boy, yeah. I tell you. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. Life, but eh? like, honestly, I mean, the, you know, everybody's talking about what's going on with interest rates today, what's going to happen with the real estate market and some of the numbers that are you know, scary right now. I mean, the real estate numbers aren't very good, obviously, because interest rates are elevated like they are. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're starting to see some relief on the interest rates. And I truly believe that there's a uh, a horde of people that are just sitting on the sidelines waiting for a little bit more drop in interest rates. And I truly believe that in the spring, we're going to start to see things really ramp up. Think it'll be an early spring, Josh? I hope so. I think so, too, though. I agree. This is where agents come out, see their shadow. <laughs> That's right, right? Yeah, but it's an awesome time for people to be buying. You know, if you can get in, if you can get in the market right now, it's such a good time to buy it. I mean, they should be jumping on it, buyers. Now, when are rates going to come down, Frank? We went well, up fifty basis points. Was that a surprise to you? Did you think it would be twenty five? Uh, well, so in um, uh, it was what in October the last movement, the October twenty sixth, I believe it was, when they raised at half a percent, and yeah. everybody was anticipating three quarters of a percent. So it left that opening for him to since he only did the half in October, instead of a quarter, which the bond market had priced in, uh, he did the half. So it opened up that door for him to do the half, which he did. Um, right now, the markets are are pricing in a quarter percent increase, the last one in January. So the next meeting is, is towards the end of January. Uh, they're pricing in one quarter percent increase, and then at least the thinking is that that's it. Now, I thought con- the thinking was that's it now. I think there's a quarter point left. I hope so. I hope that's it. But it, I feel like there's a quarter percentage point left. Uh, the thinking is, though, that once that happens, depending on the, how deep the recession, and a lot of economists have come out over the last week or so saying the recession is going to be a lot deeper than they first anticipated. So if that were to happen, then we're really going to see some fixed rates start to come down. Now, oddly enough, even though prime rate went up a half a percentage point this week, uh, bond markets over the last three weeks have come down to the tune of three quarters of a percentage point. So th- we're already starting to see what's going to happen if a recession hits. The bond market's already pricing in the fact that we're definitely getting into a recession. So we've seen non-bank lenders lower their rates. So non-bank lenders have come down to as low as 4.89% for a five-year fixed. Still high in my world, but you know it's much better than you know, we were at the five one nine, five two nine. So we've seen and some we were relief. Heading towards six. We were heading towards six and some of the banks, you know, on their five year fixed are still we've got one bank this week that sent us an email notice saying that the interest rates are going up, even though bond markets have come down and everybody else has dropped. So uh, again, this is where it's important to shop around. 
And I understand that a lot of people have their mortgages at the banks and they trust their banks. But when it's five basis points or 10 basis points, that's one thing. But I think the difference now that you're seeing between most banks and non-bank lenders is anywhere in the half percent neighborhood. And when you're talking an average mortgage of three or 400,000, half a percent, why would you leave 2,000 bucks on the table every year for the next five years, 10,000 bucks to the bank for their profit instead of doing what's good for you and shopping around for that mortgage? So I, I was just going to say too, it's, it's right now it's more important than ever to, to be working with a reputable ethical mortgage broker and someone, someone you can trust, right? If only we knew one. Well, we got, we got a great one right here. We got a great one right here. Speaking of trusting and ethical, he couldn't go an entire day without talking to us, Mr. Rushforth. Why? Why, why give the show up and then call in? Why, I don't get it. Just do the show. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I just have a couple points I'd like to bring up quickly. One, I want to thank Josh for doing the show for me this week while I'm in Toronto for my son's hockey. So thank you, Josh. I also want to welcome Frank back from his three weeks of vacation. So welcome back, Frank. <laughs> Thank, you. Back. Thank you. And I did ask Josh for a favor this morning. I just hope he did it. Uh, Josh was supposed to show Frank, remind Frank how to get to the breakfast spot. I hope he did that. Did you do that, Josh, like I asked you to? As he's eating the oh, breakfast, Frank yes, bought him. That's right. <laughs> and not only that, but Paul, you seem to forget that I buy breakfast for Paul, for, for you and or Josh and or Dora and Greg. Yet you only buy me breakfast. So, but I know your math isn't very good. Well, I, I know my math says you've only bought breakfast twice in 2022. Four times, but that's okay. See, that's what I mean. Your math is bad. <laughs> See, you just proved it. Fifty percent. Fifty percent. Oh, Paul. Paul, what's what's going on in Toronto? How's hockey going? The hockey's going uh, decent. They played their first game yesterday, but uh, it's a, it's a weird tournament. The rink is 45 minutes away in the middle of nowhere, so we're doing a lot of traveling, but uh, that's okay. That's, uh, it's that's fun. Right? fun. Yeah, Enjoy course. those times because your kids grow up real quick. Trust me, I, I can vouch for that, and uh, you'll uh, you'll cherish these moments. And not only that, he finally gets to see a good rush forth on ice. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the show. Thanks for doing it, Josh. Enjoy yeah, no guys. problem. Thanks, Paul. Have fun. <laughs> uh, see, he only calls for abuse. He's, he can't go through a Saturday without abuse. Nope. <laughs> I'd like to tell you the text he sent me this morning, but it's not appropriate. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's, he, I, I, so I called him back and I'm like, you know, my favorite thing about you is you're always so positive and encouraging, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's more positive and encouraging than the numbers were for November. Oh, that's for sure. Boy, Listen, what a dip, huh? No big surprise though, I guess. No, it was expected. It was expected, but they're way, way down compared to uh, 2021. Like we're down 42%. 42% last, last in December sale, in was sales, a crazy right? month, yeah. right? Last December we were in the heat, like we were, it, it was that three or four month crazy period where houses couldn't sit on the shelf long enough. I mean, you were getting multiple you know, offers. Yeah, it was a second surge. Like. Yeah, it was a second surge. So Inventory is way up right now. Like inventory is way, way up. up. We're up 119% in inventory. So are we uh, over 5,000 now? From uh, last yeah. year from last month? No, year to year. Year yeah. to year, which is yeah. normal, I would um, think. So, but, he, but here's the thing. Like, so we've got a three and a half month inventory sitting on the market right now. And the average days on market is 30. So there's there's lots of inventory sitting out there right now. Like that, I, That's more normal though, is it not? Uh, like, yes. Like, oh, for sure. For you sure. Know, three months yeah. of inventory is about normal for... What, yep. what we used to call normal. New and, listings and in November. Bad. New listings in November was just just under 1,600. So 
which and, which again is is probably pretty normal for years. And yep. and listen, the theme like you know we've been having a lot of sales calls and stuff about what's twenty twenty three. You know, lenders are reaching out to me, Frank. What can we expect in twenty twenty three? And I say to them, I said, listen, we're back to basics. And a lot of mortgage agents feel like they're they're not busy right now. But the reality is if they look back to their numbers in 2019, they're at that pace. Yeah, It's just that the last two and a half years have been out of this world. I mean, they're not normal times. And I think it's no, the same thing for real estate That's agents. the same thing I was just going to say. that yeah. The last two years were not normal. And they were massive increases, right, in the value of homes. So, I mean, even though the values have come down, we're still up compared to a year ago. A year, yeah, we're still up. It's just we got the 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 growth was so massive for that that two year period. Um, Ottawa's where, never seen gains like that before. Never, never, ever, like ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. Like we're we're talking, they went up forty four percent over that two year period. And usually, I mean, usually you're three to five. Three to right? five, exactly. Right. You know, we really notice it because we've got customers coming up for mortgages. Their mortgages are maturing this year, and it's interesting to see that their balances are 210, 220, 230, which five years ago was a big mortgage. Yeah. Today, when your average townhouse is in the fives and sixes, 210 or 20 is not a big mortgage. So uh, it, it's just interesting to see how, for us, the difference in when you do a purchase, how much larger the mortgage is than when you're doing a refinance or a switch, which is just transferring your mortgage exactly at as it is to another institution who's giving you a better mortgage. So. Now, people whose mortgages are coming up now, mm-hmm. they must have paid a load off their principal. Well, of course they did. Like because the, the interest past rates, five years, they must have been. Yeah, they're man. in the twos. Most of them that are coming up over the next three, four months will be in the twos, low threes. So 269 to 3.19 was, was pretty well where we were at five years ago. So you're right. I mean, that you know, if they bought high ratio, they got a 25-year amortization. If they did buy weekly payments... They've knocked a ton off their mortgage. More than fifty percent of their payment was going towards their mortgage. So, and what are we doing now? I dare I ask. Well, it's it's again, it's much less, but it's not horrible. I mean, again, it, some people it, that have been around for a long time will remember the double digit days. Yeah. So, but now you're probably sixty five, thirty five. It's not too bad, which isn't horrible. Again, I mean, our, again, I remember the days when the first five years was all interest. Now there's still yeah. you could still see <laughs> some some relief in the first five years. You, you've seen that your mortgage has been paid down a little bit, but everybody banks on, unless you bought your house last winter or spring, yeah. you've made some really good money. And that's, you know, sometimes we got to talk people off the ledge because here they've got their mortgage coming up for maturity and they're coming off of 2.69 and now you're telling them best you can do for them is probably in the high fours. It's like, oh my God, like, I don't know if I can afford this. But then you say to them, but five years ago, you bought that house for 350000 Today, it's worth yeah. 650000 You're up $300,000 in equity. So don't lose sleep over the fact that- Up yeah, in equity plus the principal you've already paid down correct. on it. Right. So you owe $220,000 on this house that's worth six fifty. I don't think if we sat down five years ago, you would have thought that there was $400,000 of equity in your home. There's no way you would have predicted that. So again- Everybody loves to focus towards the negatives, but there's a lot of positive out there. And I think, again, the news news today is all about negatives. The sales are down. The numbers are down. But but unless you bought earlier this year, you're the only one that's really impacted by this. Anybody that would have purchased a year, a year and a half ago, two years ago is is way ahead. Certainly positive for buyers. We'll talk about that when we come back. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. 
we return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Josh in for ball. Frank is here. All right. I know that sellers are not extremely happy these days because <laughs> there's a lot. On, on there's paper, a lot of grumpy sellers on, right now. On paper, they they may well. They, I mean, they, you don't really lose money <clears throat> compared to how much you've gained. But on paper, you're down a little bit from where you would have been, say, a year ago. Well, that's the problem, right? Is the sellers are comparing who the ones who are selling right now are comparing to what they could have made a year ago, not realizing they're still up way ahead. Yeah, right? com- compared to two years ago, three years ago. Yep. See how you like that comparison? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true though, but it's hard, right? And it, they they get frustrated, and I understand it because they're look they're looking at the way the market was, but the market shifted, rates have gone up. Um, it's we're we're, you know, we're we're more in a balanced market now too, so it's it's just it's just not the same. So they can't expect to make as much as they were going to make a year ago, but they're still doing well. Yeah. They're still ahead. And not as ahead as the buyers are, though. Boy, buyer, buyers are in the driver's seat right now, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. If I if if you're if you're a buyer, this is a great time to buy. Yeah, you, know, you can get in. You can get in on a on a, on a one to two year term, and then refinance it after that. And and by that point, the numbers are going to be up again, anyways. You know, uh, the values of the properties are going to be up. And they're going to be laughing. They can get in now. There's so much inventory right now. They have so much option. There's no competition. It's not like it was when there was 10 to 15 offers on each house. So there's less competition. And you can take your time and choose now, right? You can take your time and choose. And you don't have to go in firm, right? So there's less risk. You know, you you can go in and do a home inspection. You can find out any defects on the home. Uh, You know, you get your financing condition if it's a if it's a rural property, you get your septic inspection, as opposed to a year or two years ago, you couldn't do that. You were doing it after the fact, and anything and you found for out, the best, and, 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 right, and hoping for the best. Yeah, you and know what? I hope the government is is still moving forward with the mandatory home inspection because we've seen the pressure come off. Because now, like you said, you can make an offer, you can put the home inspection in there. But if the floodgates open, like we think they might in the spring, yep. I hope they haven't taken their foot off the gas pedal on making home inspections mandatory because we saw a number of circumstances. I'm sure you guys saw more of it than I did where people bought homes without home inspections and then had regrets afterwards because they Big found time. some serious yep. issues to the For home sure. that they would have maybe not purchased that home had they done a home inspection. So There was a lot of pressure on them to buy though too, right? Like. Like I, there's people who would go into a house, they'd be in there five minutes and like, we're making the offer because we don't want to lose it. Well, yeah. not only not lose it, but prices were going up at such a quick rate. Such a quick that rate. That if you waited a week or two, it might cost you an extra 20 or 30 ex- grand. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why they were jumping on them so quickly. Um, but like Frank said, now we're starting, all, all the stories are starting to come back that we're seeing, you know, this problem, this problem, that problem. And, you know, if. It's, I mean, there's nothing they could have done about it at the time if they wanted the house. Um, yeah, but if those times are coming back, yeah, I'd, yeah. Uh, again, I'd love to see the government act. And whether it's the government, the provincial government, or RICO, whoever it is, just l- let's let's make sure that home inspections are part of it. Is it uh, just my perception, or has the government now put real estate way back on the burner? Well, it's not way back on the burner because obviously they're opening up the land to develop and now you've got municipalities that are already- No, no, I mean any any help for buyers. Well, right now it it is now. Interestingly enough, this week is a big week for 
the mortgage industry from a standpoint of on December 15th, this is where OSFI determines if there are any changes are needed to the mortgage rules. So there's been some proposals put forward by both the default insurers, some of the lenders, some of the mortgage brokers. We'll see whether they act on them. One of them is the mortgage qualifying rate. So now if we feel, and listen, the mortgage stress test did its job. It really did because it did protect Canadians. You know, if interest rates were to go up, you know, maybe they knew that there was going to be some irresponsibility on behalf of the Bank of Canada and not seeing that inflation was going to be what it is. And all of a sudden, we've got this spike in interest rates like we've had over the last eight months. But at the end of the day, it did save some face because we were qualifying people at five and a quarter percent. And lo and behold, if you've got a variable rate mortgage, you're probably in that range right now anyway. So you were able to afford it. But if once we hit the peak, and if we have hit the peak, and that's just it, we don't know. I mean, we don't anticipate the rates can go up anymore. But if we have hit the peak, then the question is why are customers still having to qualify at two points above their contract rates? So, Which is what nowadays? Well, again, I mean, if you're getting 4.89, it's 6.89. But if you're in a variable, so today, the crazy part is that today, it's easier to qualify for a five-year fix, or you're almost forcing Canadians to take a five-year fix, even though you might feel that interest rates are coming down. You're easier to qualify for a five-year fix than you are a variable because prime rates all the way up to 6.45. And if you're, even if you're getting prime minus one, you're 5.45. So now you're having to qualify at 7.45. We're on a fixed, you might be a 6.89. So now you're almost forcing the hand of clients having to take a five-year fix, even though deep down inside they feel that the rates might come down and they might want to wait it out. And if they don't qualify for the variable, they're forced to have to take the five-year fixed. And you're qualifying at 745 on homes that are eighty, ninety thousand dollars more expensive than they were. Yes. So that's the thing. So we've, the proposal we put forward is just have a qualifying rate, regardless of whether they take a variable, a fix, just have a qualifying rate that you're comfortable with. If that number is 6%, make it 6%. It doesn't have to go with the bank's posted rates. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just, and again, it's movable. Now, OSFI says they're going to do it once a year. They're going to review everything once a year. But in circumstances like a pandemic, then they have the option to, to make changes throughout the year, emergency changes. But if not, set it, and let's just go with that for the year. But set the, set the rate, the qualifying rate, as opposed to having a plus two or plus one. Yeah. Just set a rate, and then let's go with it. And, and revisit it if you have and to. And revisit it if you have to. So that's what we propose we proposed a 30-year amortization. That's you think probably, that's going to happen? I'd like to see that Not happen. this time. Ah. When I think it's going to happen, Dang. <laughs> this is where the emergency comes in. I think if we do get into a recession and we start to see you know, numbers bleak, then I think that's where they have to revisit it. So you know, it could happen throughout 2023. I just don't think that'll happen this soon. And then the other thing that we put forward, but again, it's not going to happen until there's an election because that's part of what you sell to get votes. And is the is the first time home buyer incentive program like mm. they have to revamp that program because it's had no uptick whatsoever it's almost impossible to qualify for it so it, it so so it's useless so you know ideally we've said but again that's going to be an election platform i believe where you know they're going to want to revamp it so that they can get some votes yeah, but that's, that's, I was just going to ask him about first-time homebuyers too, because they they can they almost can't even get into the market right now. No, they can't. And they've they got don't. this new home savings plan that's coming yeah. into effect. But you're really a year or two of savings before you can even utilize it, anyway. So you know that's not going to help. I mean, there are some rules coming in that I know you uh, you guys are aware of. Anti-flipping laws coming into effect yeah. January first, where you know if you move into a house, if you buy a house and you sell it in less than a year, you'll pay capital gains if. 
uh, you know, unless there's circumstances like a marital breakup or a job loss. That's the only way you can get out of it. Um, and then the other thing that's happening is foreign buyers. Foreign yep. buyers cannot purchase a property in Canada for two years starting January 1st. So, Are foreign buyers really a problem anymore? I don't think so. No, they I, might I, be in Vancouver. I was going to say Vancouver, yes. And Toronto, Toronto, maybe. Toronto. I don't. I've never, it's never, I've never noticed it as a problem in Ottawa. Doesn't mean it's not, but I don't think it's a big problem here. Definitely was in, in Vancouver though, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's starting to get some legs and, uh, you know, like I said, I, I met with an insurer this week and they talked about delinquency rates being at all time low still. Like they're almost embarrassed because as an insurance company, you're supposed to take on some risk and their comment is like, we, we are so risk free right now. Like even. Who's comment now? What's Who, that? Who's comment? Whose comment? Like uh, Genworth. Genworth. Uh, sorry, Sagens. So okay. They changed their name to Sagens. So they're one of the uh, default insurers along with CMHC and Canada Guarantee. Yeah. And they talked about how their default insurance is so low that, like I said, I mean, they're, you know, they're supposed to take on some risk, but they have none. And think about it. If you bought a house two years ago at 5% down, within a year, that insurance company had no risk because the property values had gone up 15, 20% and they had... 25, 30% of equity in the home right away that now the risk is all gone. You know, should the customers default, they could sell the house and they still make money on it. So, um, but even though CMHC shot themselves in the foot and lost a lot of business, they did. And you know what, Evan Siddle, I'll give him credit. You remember three years ago, he said property values were going to come down 18, 20%. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he was right. It just, he was off by three years. That's all. Yeah. He didn't, right? he, was he, just for, he forgot about years. the part yeah, where they're yeah. going to go up 40%. Go up 40% yeah. and then come down. So, no, up but 40 the, and then down 18. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But, the, you know, CMHC lost some market share. They're trying to come back into the market. And it's kind of disappointing because it's 100% Crown Corporation. And they thought, you know, they guessed wrong. Or yeah. At least they estimated wrong what was going to happen with the real estate left market. a lot of so money on the table. They lost, they left a lot of money, taxpayers' money on the table, yep. unfortunately. So, 521 Talk, 521 8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Josh in for Paul. Frank is here. Josh mentioned that if you can get into the market, now is the time. And you suggested a short-term mortgage. What would a one-year be worth these days? Rates are inverted, so one year is not the answer, I, I don't believe. Uh, you could do a one-year if you want, but you'll find that the one-year rate is higher than the five-year rate. So it doesn't... But the reason for that is... They obviously anticipate them coming down. Well, well, they're inverted because a recession is forthcoming. That's right. what happens. So right. when we get to inverted bond markets, uh, 100% of the time we've seen a recession. So recession is coming. There's no question. But, you know, your one year is in the six and a quarter to six and a half percent mark. You're better variable. You're better variable at this point where at least you have the option to convert it to a fix. Now, you got to be careful who you do the variable with too because some banks, uh, let's just say that when you decide to convert from a from a variable to a fixed, they don't exactly put their best foot forward because they know they kind of got you because you're going to pay a three-month interest penalty if you leave. But as long as the rate's close, it's one thing. But if you go to a bank that's, you know, let's say you want to convert it now and the rate's five and a half and somebody else is at four and three quarters, mm -hmm. you're better off to pay the three-month interest. So, but you can avoid that altogether. But then you got to qualify at seven points, right? Well, if you're if just switching variable. it the way it is, you don't have. To, you've already qualified, right? So no, no. If you're oh going, today, if you're switching today, to a new which, company, yeah. yeah, whichever. Well, if you're switching to a new company, it's the same thing as 
when you got it, you got to qualify. So. Yeah, but now you got to qualify yes, at hundred percent. The only the only way you get out of the stress test is if you've had your mortgage prior to two thousand seventeen, and you're just switching it. So you're not refinancing; you're just switching it. If that's the case, because the mortgage is currently insured before the stress test, you can actually transfer it to another institution, and you don't have to abide by the stress test. It's whatever the contract rate is is what you qualify at. So. That's the Don't only way to avoid the stress test. For everyone, forget about t- 2017 before the stress That's test. That's another. Don't you think if you've if you've had a mortgage for three, 100%. five, eight, ten years? One hundred percent. We've said that. We've said like if somebody's made their payments for the last five years, why do they have to undergo the stress test again? Why not just qualify them at the contract rate, which is what they've had, what they got? So yeah, otherwise you're giving their current institution the advantage. It's exactly. That's exactly our, our complaint is that you're you're putting pressure on the client not to get the best deal because they can't go anywhere else. And the bank is using it to their advantage too. Listen, I've got lots of stories where banks are calling people right now that have their mortgages coming up in April, May, June, July, and they're at 2.69, 2.89. And the banks are actually telling consumers that they should convert it, early renew it now, get rid of their 2.89. Go to a 5.69 because rates are going to be higher in the spring. So they're not even blending here. No, no, no. There's no blending. <laughs> and you know, it's amazing, and they're saying though. the customers, believe it or not, the gall, and, and why do customers fall for this without getting a second opinion? They actually say to them, we won't even charge you a penalty. And like I would say, <laughs> a penalty? I'm going from 2.89 to 5.69, and you want to put a penalty, but you're going to give me a break. and not. But you're yeah. making the extra cash for the next six months instead of – 2.89, now they're collecting 5.69 from you. It makes no sense. So again, if you're listening or if you know anybody that's got a mortgage maturing and they're falling under that pressure, they're getting a call from someone saying that they should yep. early renew, don't do it unless you're absolutely petrified that rates are going to continue to go up, which it doesn't seem like they are. The bond market has come down. You're better off to wait it out well, at How much point. money are you losing in the next six months? Just that. Even if they went up a quarter point. Well, you know, again, we got to do the math depending on the mortgage amount. But reality is that it doesn't feel like mortgage fixed mortgage rates are going up in the next six months. Right now, they're trending downwards. You know, the scary 100%. thing is, though, Frank, too, is it's am- it's amazing how many people just sign it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Embarrassing. They, and, actually. and they don't do their homework, or, you know, or their due diligence, or speak to a mortgage broker like yourself, yeah. or you know, or, or even ask questions. They just get the they, get an opinion. and they just just sign. Just right? get a second opinion. There's yep. it costs nothing to get that second opinion. And whether you go you know to what, another I'd love bank. I'd to do the math on, for people on how much principal you would lose, paying down on your principal over that six months just by making that switch early. Well, I'm sure I'm sure it's it's significant yeah. enough, but the worry isn't just the six. The fact that you're giving it up in the six months is crazy to begin with. I mean, giving up 2.89 to go to 5.79 for six months is crazy. That you're right, a quarter percent probably won't even, won't even match it anyway, and that's yeah. assuming that they go up and they don't come down like they're expected to. But, like, customers just... You know, we ask customers all the time, how much do you own your mortgage? We don't know. What rate are you at? We don't know. It's crazy how they they kind of know what their interest rate at the time that they negotiate it, but then once a year passes, they have no idea. Now, what's <laughs> that, good- That happens to us all the time, On the real estate too. side, too. Yeah, yep. right? Really? So, huh? how, much, how much do you have left doing on your house? Uh, I'm not I don't sure. Know. Yeah. I don't know. Around this. Yeah. Now, technology should help, and it's amazing, though, people who have gotten mortgages the last two years, how they know what their interest rate is because they're so proud- yeah. If they locked in <laughs> yeah. at 1.89 or 2.19, like they want to gloat, like I got a 2% mortgage and today the rates are at 5%. But so. well, with everything online, there's no excuse to not knowing how much you owe. You're absolutely right. Like there's no- It's so easy. 
Yeah. Yeah, today's generation, again, the young, certainly the young generation, everything is online. Not only do they not know yeah, what yeah. they owe, they're not even sure sometimes what they're paying Payments every month. are and <laughs> like, whether taxes are yeah. part of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, again, there some people, it's just once they deal with it, they deal with it, and then they kind of close the door, and they don't have to worry about it for five years, and they don't even pay attention to it. But so. people yeah. have got to be more educated now than they were. Well, it's now, forget easy. the old days. You would get a statement once a year, or yeah. maybe even on renewal. Yep, you're still getting a statement once a year, and people don't even look at it now because they have everything online. Like they don't even need that annual yeah. statement anymore. Yeah. And I think we're going to start to see lenders send the annual statement electronically now. Anyway, why mail it? Just send it electronically. Send the clients an email, and here's your annual statement, and then the client has it. But uh, you know, we're, you know, we're, we were talking about again, Sagen, and uh, did some stats for us, and. One of the interesting things that they're concerned about is labor, like laborers to build homes, because here we're talking about municipalities or the province opening up. We want more homes built because they're still dealing with the supply issue that we had a year ago. It's still there just because we've got elevated listings, like Josh said, and there's more listings out there. Doesn't mean that we don't need more housing. If we're going to increase the immigration and allowing uh, people to come to Canada the way they've indicated, we need more houses. So, uh, but- Tradespeople is is what what they're worried about because yeah. they don't think there's enough tradespeople to build homes out there. So, um, you know, are they going to allow immigrants to come? And they should be looking for people to come that want to work in the trades because that's what Canada's got a shortfall on. What's both your take on this vacant land one percent surtax for the from the municipality? Is vacant a vacant home a real problem here? Tax grab. Well, it's I a think tax it's, grab. I think it's a tax grab, <laughs> but sure, supply. Yeah. But it's a supply and demand issue. I mean, they've done it successfully in Vancouver where. You know, people were buying homes from foreign countries. Again, that's, with the foreign buyers. Though. They were, there was foreign buyers yes. buying them and they're sitting empty. Yeah, yeah, but is that a problem here? No, is what I'm I, don't, I, don't believe, I don't believe it's a problem here. But it will be if immigration, if people want to choose to immigrate to Ottawa and all of a sudden, like they're, they're trying to get ahead of it. And listen, let's call it what it is. It's a tax grab. But again, it goes hand in hand with the supply issue. If we got a shortage of supply of homes and now we've got a whole bunch of homes that are sitting there vacant, that's a problem. We need to make sure that those homes are opened up to renters at the very least instead yeah, of them sitting vacant. If you've bought and paid for a house, isn't it on you? I mean, if you're- if Whether, you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you own it. I, I, listen, I don't disagree. Just like I don't disagree with, you know, banks will ask, what do you need the money for if you're refinancing it? Well, I don't understand. It's my equity. Why do you need yeah. to know yeah. what I'm doing with the money when it's <laughs> the equity in my home? Why are you questioning me? They almost Do I qualified treat, for it. They treat you like a criminal. Yeah, almost, right? I qualified like, for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'll make the payments. I'm good for it. Why are you questioning what I'm doing with the money? It's yeah. my none money. of your business. Yes, but yes. do they have a right to know? Yes. Well, it depends on the amount. If it's over two hundred thousand, the lender is supposed to ask what the money's for. Now, there's outs. I'm making some investments. <laughs> I want to buy some investments. So yeah. that's it. Yeah. Right. I want to do some renovations to the house. So yeah. they don't ask for receipts or anything. They just want to know what the money is for. Yeah. Just a quick drug deal. I'll get it yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. So. The, the banks will tell you that it's, it's to, they're trying to, to protect you from getting scammed. But I mean, it's money laundering me, what they're looking for. Yeah. They're looking for money launders, but they're looking in the wrong places for the money launders because <laughs> last I checked, Somebody who works for the government of Canada <laughs> and has a salary, and you see their pays going in all the time, and if they sell some stuff on Kijiji, some of their personal stuff, and the money goes in their bank account, then all of a sudden the lender's saying, where'd that money come from? We need proof of where it came from. Like it's <laughs> like they're money launders all of a sudden. It's, it, it's nuts. It, it, it's absolutely crazy how 0.1%, 0.1% 
might be money laundering, but the 99.9% of people have to justify where money comes from in their account. And I always say- How many it, it people also, are using accounts to launder money? Well, that's what I said. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I was going to say, you know, know, if the people about, who are doing it are a lot smarter they're not than going that. To the <laughs> bank. They're not walking into a bank. Right? Yeah. And, and why isn't it the bank's responsibility when the money gets there to, to determine where the money came from? Why is it the lender that's having to find out where that money came from? The money's already in the account. It's the bank's responsibility- to say this deposit happened, where'd this money come from, and make note of it. It shouldn't have to be no, anybody else. No, it's the else. government's responsibility. Well, the, I don't see banks being awarded badges. Well, no, but it's not that. <laughs> but the money's getting into the bank, so the bank is, well, maybe they pass it on to a government department and let them figure exactly. out where the money came from. Well, but, now you're getting into it. Well, now privacy, right? <laughs> I don't like any of this. <laughs> no, I don't like this uh, discussion at I'm all. Out. I'm out. <laughs> but I will tell you what the government is trying to push forward is open banking. Like the government's trying to push open banking where you sign a document that basically says that your mortgage lender, your credit card company has access to your bank statements for six months to 12 months. Ooh. So that's what they're trying to push forward. And, uh, you know, a, a, as much as it's available and there's there's actually companies that do the open banking right now and the banks are doing it, I'm hesitant to have one of my customers sign uh-huh. a document that says that they can have access to six months of bank statements. And what they're looking for is irregularities so they're okay with bank deposits, but you know, I just think they crossed the line where they're looking at all the activity of someone and which they can anyway today. Let's call a spade a spade. If you're using your debit card, if you're using you know, I've had clients black out yep. some transactions they don't want me to see. And I say to them, unfortunately, none of the lenders accept any redacted documents yet. You know, and I talk and I was speaking to a police officer who I'm doing a mortgage for, and I said to her this week, she sent me redacted documents. I said, I hate to tell you, but you can't. They yeah. won't accept a redacted document. She goes, but it's my private information. I said, I understand that, but you're looking to borrow money and they think you're hiding something and you can't redact anything from a, she goes, that's ridiculous. And all she was redacting was all her, you know, whether she goes to Tim Hortons or whether she goes to grocery shopping, she yeah, just yeah. redacted that stuff, but it doesn't matter. They can't see any redaction on any documents. I don't like all this power. No, no we no. don't like it either because Big Brother's seeing everything right yeah. now. Like they want access to everything. Yeah. So You've earned your money. Listen, I'm hearing your business. I'm hearing the governments are talking about going cashless, which is absolutely yeah, absurd. That's I crazy. think it's absolutely absurd. But you go to some venues now; there's no, ca- they don't accept cash anymore. Like any venue yep. you go to, they don't accept. cash. Our government the, hasn't the, had the, cash in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> well, they do. They just you know, the fact that we were even talking about money laundering right now. Yeah, it's going to show up on all our phones. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Like, yeah. it's a guarantee tomorrow. Like, oh. Money laundering. Yes, you're okay. listening to Fred Gregory and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the Real Estate and Mortgage Show on News Talk five eighty CFRA. Welcome back with Josh and Frank. This is Steve. All right, first-time homebuyers now have a slight advantage compared to where they were six, eight, ten months ago, correct? Now you can yep. actually find some deals out there. There's definitely deals out there, and there's and there's less competition right now because there's more inventory. And So on a good day, what could you get into a townhome for? Could you get into a townhome for five and a half, five seventy-five yeah. these days? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, 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 there's townhomes out there for that, for sure. Problem is, is... Most first-time homebuyers right now are struggling to to get pre-approved for that amount. So now they're into a condo. Yeah. Or if they don't want to be in a condo, um, you know, then they're back to renting. So what's the right? difference in, in prices now between, say, condo and a townhome? 
Could you, you get a uh, condo for three and a half, three, four? Three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half, 360. So a couple of hundred grand. Yep. It's a lot. But then for monthly payments, Frank, between a condo and a townhome, if you're paying condo fees, are you getting close? Could be similar depending on, again, what the condo fees are. I mean, there's some reasonable yep. condo fees out there, and then there's some outrageous ones. I mean, you know, I've seen some listings come in where you're getting a condo for 420000 The condo fees are $640 a month, and I'm saying, whoa. Six hundred and forty bucks a month, then you're better off to buy a freehold for five fifty, five seventy, because it's the same yep. monthly payment. Yeah, that's you. what. That's what. Unless I'm you want that convenience, then and you know, and you're getting nothing. Those right. condo fees are getting you nothing. And the right. risk, right? Because that's you've right. seen condo fees jump because there's some issues within the property, and then everybody's condo fees, or they have a special assessment so they have a where special you got to come assessment. up with exactly. money up front, and then that devalues your home a little bit. So, I mean, if you can avoid. If you need a condo, you need a condo. I mean, for some people, they just want a condo to live in. And listen, you're getting good value on condos. But if you're looking long term, no, but I'm talking about just you. You want to get into the market. Yeah. Should you wait till you can afford a townhome, or should you just get in as soon as you can? Well, I I, think again, in some cases, I know what you're going to (laughs) say. Yeah. In some cases, you know, you can get a condo with two hundred fifty or three hundred dollar condo fees, and then you know, versus you know, $150,000 difference on a, on a freehold. So, yeah. you know, if you can't afford it, if you can't qualify, then at least get into the condo for now. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's not a five-year, maybe it's a one or two-year just to get you over the hump, get you into the market, uh, yeah. and then you can convert in two or three years. That's what I was going to say. Get in, get into the game, build some equity, and you can pull that equity out and put it towards a townhouse. Or at least you're, you're, you're in the market now at least, yeah. right? Which is the most important thing you want. You got to get in. And if you're so, doing that, you better go variable, right? If your plan is two to three years and get out and get into something a bit bigger. Well, again, mortgages are portable, and we saw one of the big banks, although the sixth bank, the lowest of them all, they uh, they changed their policy without letting clients know, and very, very quietly they eliminated mortgage portability from their paperwork in Ooh. the summer. And then, obviously, um, it started to hit the news over the last couple of weeks, and they've reversed where now they allow portability on their mortgages because of all the heat that they took. So, Well, it's obvious why they were going to get rid of it because rates are going up. So that way you're forced to get a higher well, rate. Well, that's just it, right? So here's yep. customers that assume that they had – because nobody reads all 18 pages of your mortgage approval. Only Frank does. Well, even there. Most I mean, people it don't, changes all the time, don't, right? Don't so, read one page. Correct. So, <laughs> okay, so. so Well – you know, for a mortgage broker, they expect us to to tell them. But when you go to the bank, they don't tell you. They just sign here, initial here, initial yeah. there, and, and there's nothing there. So, but but it was impacting people because there were couples that came out and said, "We didn't know that this was happening because we have a 1.89 percent mortgage, and now we want to buy a new house, and we're told that we we're going to pay a penalty to break the 1.89, which is which is yeah. extremely high because again, the way the the bank calculates their penalties. And then they're stuck with a new mortgage at 5.5%. And they said, this makes no sense. Now we're forced to stay in our home because we don't have a portable mortgage, which they didn't even know they right. didn't have a portable mortgage. And crazy, in some cases, they were told that verbally the mortgage was portable, but then the documents didn't back it up. So I just assumed they all were. Well, everybody did. Yeah. This was the first ever occasion where we saw a bank actually eliminate it and not say anything. They actually didn't even say They just took it out of their writing. This is where the people have to become more educated though, yes. well, because there's too, there's way too many people that shop just for the best rate and they're not asking about the terms. They're not asking about penalties. You know, what, you know, if I sell my house in three years, am I paying, am I paying a big penalty? Can I get out of this? Can I port it? 
And all they care about, they're like, oh, yeah. well, I, well, I got this, this bank right. gave me the best rate. So and then I'm the whining down. happens when something happens that they need to make a change to their mortgage or they need to sell their property and then they find out what the penalty is. The same thing is there's online brokerages out there that are still advertising as if prime rate didn't change for two or three months because they've got their old commercial on there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's a bait and switch. And I'm, and I would say, number one, you're dealing with somebody at a call center. So your biggest debt you're going to trust to somebody that's working at a call center to do your mortgage for you. They've already misinformed you to begin with. It's a bait and switch. And then you call in. They say, oh, sorry, that's an old commercial. Our rate is this. So how could you trust them with your mortgage if that's if that's what they're doing? It's just wrong across the board. Yeah. You know, your and we report investment. it. Yeah, and we report it, but nothing gets done because unfortunately our our governing bodies don't have enough teeth. They're scared mm-hmm. to be sued. They're scared to so so all they do is they send out a little pleasant warning. Hey, you know, we got to complain about this and the and the company does nothing about it. So it's disappointing because I think our industry should be better than that. We're talking about Canadians' biggest debt and they should be protected instead of just letting things slide. When you're sitting down with somebody, are you giving them a couple of choices for mortgages? Are you finding out what's important to them? A lot of customers do research today, and I think it's on the real estate side too, right, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I mean, by the time they call you, they've already done a lot of research. Now, Google yep. isn't – people, Google isn't always right. People put things on Google that are incorrect. So don't believe everything you read on Google. But a lot of customers are well-informed today, and they've done their homework. And that's why so many people got caught in the variable rate mortgage because – historically, a variable was always the best option to go with. And historically, we've never seen prime rate go up at the levels that it did over the last seven or eight months. It's just never happened. It's always been a quarter percent increase here and there, and it's always been a quarter percent increase. Let's see how the economy reacts yeah. to it. We haven't seen the three quarters, three quarters, half a point, half a point increases One, yeah. ever, yeah. ever. So this has caught people off guard, and it's unfortunate. It's just bad luck, bad timing. For some of those people, it's really impacted them greatly because they have, their payments have gone up 800, 900 that they really they could afford, but they'd rather not be putting that much money in, into the mortgage. But now they're kind of handcuffed. Now they're saying, now we're going to sit tight because we're at the peak. Let's see if fixed rates can come down a little bit more, and then we'll convert it to a fixed at that point. I'm assuming these days most of your clients are pre-approved. They come in already knowing that they... Majority, yes. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I not all, assume. <laughs> well, not, not all of them. A lot of them just don't know. They don't know the process, right? Um, they assume if there's a financing condition in their offer, that's when they can get pre-approved. So it's our job as, as, as the realtor to educate them, saying, you know, step one is talk to talk to like Frank, yeah. uh, get pre-approved. Let's find out. See what, what you, you can afford. For, what, yeah. yeah, like how are we looking at homes if you don't even know what you can what you can afford, right? So it's important that um, the, the the first step is get pre-approved for sure before you go out shopping. Yeah. Otherwise, you could just be wasting each other's time. And there's nothing worse than going and showing somebody a home. They fall in love with it. They want to make an offer, and then you and find not, out they're not in the wheelhouse. They're not there, right? So yeah, and it's important to get a formal pre-approval too. Now again, yeah. I mean. You had to have a formal pre-approval during the crazy times because you weren't going in with the financing yeah. condition. But it doesn't just because you're putting a financing clause in there doesn't mean that you get away from getting a yep. formal pre-approval because at least if you got a formal pre-approval, you know you don't have to worry about the financing, you've got it in place. And a formal pre-approval happens if we get paperwork from you, not just an application that says you make you're self-employed and you make 98,000. But then once we get yeah. your tax returns, yeah, your gross is 98, but your net is 60. And well, the letter from the boss anymore. doesn't cut it anymore. Well, a letter from the boss, I mean, there's a lot of fraud paperwork out there too. So again, I mean, the lender, at least with the formal pre-approval, 
uh, you know, the lenders are verifying the income and, and doing their due diligence to make sure that the approval is going to stand. And if you find a property, you're able to move forward. All right, birthdays. I uh, got a couple. Uh, Darren Walker from my office celebrating his birthday. Caitlin Virtue, who works with uh, Josh Gray in our office, celebrating her birthday. And my little cousin, Marco Flores, celebrating his birthday. So happy birthday to all three of those. Nice. You mean you have a cousin smaller than you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you got no birthdays, right? Well, you know what? Actually, I do have oh. one. It, today, w- my dad would have turned 80 today. Oh, okay. So we lost him 21 years ago, but today he would have turned 80, so. Happy heavenly happy birthday to yeah. your dad. He's celebrating yeah. up in heaven. What's your dad's name? Uh, William. And Josh, how is it your son is such an athletic, you know, person? Look got, at you. He's here. got great genes. He's got great genes. <laughs> your <laughs> wife, obviously. Must be Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great night. Have a great weekend, everyone, and uh, please support local businesses and charities.